0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on yet another sunny day here in the capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Tom Langford, Managing Director of The Potting Shed, a guernsey based design, advertising, and digital agency. Tom, hello. Hi there. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. Um, we might as well get stuck uh, rather sharpishly in. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's it, it's a term that obviously has a huge broad range of, uh, of meanings. But for for me personally, you know, as MD of the potting shed, I, I don't know if I'd think of myself as a leader as such, but I do help enable everyone else to do their jobs. Um, And also we help uh, other companies to help them to lead their staff and to, um, help them to lead the way in business.
0: And how would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: That's that's a very tricky one. Um, reluctant, Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't think that, you know, but, but Potting Shed is a, is a creative agency and was built by a bunch of creative people, uh, myself included. And so although I'm the managing director of our Guernsey Company, um, my fellow uh, MD, Ed Prow, is managing director of the Jersey Company and the other directors of the company, we're, we were all creatives. We we were brought up as creatives in the industry, and uh, eventually found ourselves running a company. So we're we're not business we're not sort of born business people. We are creative people who found ourselves in charge of a company.
0: Right, and do you feel uh, that there was enough preparation for you starting uh, to run the company?
1: Well, I suppose we learned through, uh, learned through experience. Um, we'd all uh, worked for several other agencies um, in our careers. We'd seen what worked, what didn't. Um, and so I'm sure we could have been better prepared, uh, but we've muddled through.
0: Let's go back to the very beginning of your career when you first started out in the world of work. Were there any particular influences on you or um, individuals who shaped the way that you lead today?
1: We've, we've been very lucky to have worked alongside some very good um, CEOs and creative directors, uh, but also some of our clients as well have uh, have influenced us, um, in, in how we act and how we behave, and there's also been, yeah, lots lots of clients really, and uh, and we've got a business coach who we work with as well, who uh, who who helps us and guides us, and we've we've had Neds before um, who've helped shape the way that we run the company.
0: How important isn't for is it for people to have continuing education?
1: I think it's essential. I think that. Um, one of the primary reasons that people leave their place of employment is not to chase more money, but it's because they feel that they're not progressing as a human being. I think we all need to learn. We all have a desire to learn and progress um, at all points. And as soon as we start feeling stagnant, the frustration sets in. And it may not be identified as a lack of progression that's making us leave a job, but it makes us unhappy and unfulfilled, and so I think continued learning and development is hugely important.
0: Now, do you provide uh, mentorship programs within your workplace?
1: We're a very small company, so we're only like fifteen people. So the you know everyone that we employ has uh, access to anyone that they want to at any point. So it's not, uh, we're not a big enough organization to require that sort of formal structure of a mentorship scheme.
0: Now, of course, when leading, uh, groups of individuals, you have to remember that they are just people and people have their bad days and they're certainly not infallible. Um, are there any times, uh, or let me put it this way, um, how do you handle conflict within the workplace?
1: We, uh, naturally, I think we try and avoid conflict, but where it does arise, I think clarity of communication is uh, of paramount importance. Uh, There's a very good book called Radical Candor, um, which talks a lot about the need for being very brutally honest at times about where the uh, where the issues lie and it's not something as a as a bunch of creative people it's not something that we're naturally inclined to do um however we have grown up with uh by by being creative you have to get used to being knocked back and being told your ideas are not very good especially in the early days becomes less and less so the the better you get but uh but it's an important part of the uh of the role so we we've become better and more resilient and we try our best to uh instill that in the rest of the team what
0: is your advice to young people just entering the world of work
1: Entering the world of work or entering the world of the sort of creative sector.
0: Let's start entering the world of work and then uh, transition to the creative sector.
1: So I think entering the world of work. I mean, God, I don't know. I I, I think when I started out, we were very, very lucky. Um, there was a lot of sort of more menial jobs that meant that you could you could get a job as a junior in a in a place of work much more easily than you can now. Um, but I always think that. If you're the hardest worker in the room, that goes an awful long way. And uh, within your field? Certainly, being the hardest worker in the room is of great benefit. Um, Learn to be resilient very, very quickly and try and make yourself indispensable as quickly as possible. Always show enthusiasm and. I think that attitude goes an awfully long way. You know, we're, we're recruiting at the moment. And when we recruit, we, we're always recruiting for attitude. Um, there's skills that can be learned um, and there's experience that you can gain. But attitude is something that you can't teach.
0: Now, if I was to ask you to identify the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be?
1: Sorry, could you repeat that?
0: If I was to ask you to identify the greatest leader, living or dead, who would that be?
1: The greatest leader, living or dead? I really don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I think that um, Steve Jobs was an incredible leader, but I know that um, his leadership style, it it wasn't always pleasant, but he he achieved great things. So I think it really depends on whether you are judging people or judging the success of that leadership as achieving great things or as being a really nice person. Well, let's say say a
0: results-based leader.
1: A results-based, I mean, you've got to have your Steve Jobs and your uh, Bill Gates up there, but I don't think they were necessarily joyful people to work with on a daily basis.
0: One wouldn't imagine that so. Uh, Unfortunately, our time together is very quickly drawing to its close. But uh, before I let you go, what does next 12 to 24 months have in store for the potting shed?
1: Hopefully some very exciting projects, helping clients to grow their businesses, um, helping more young people get into the industry uh, and generally, um, yeah, doing some cool creative things.
0: Well, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you, and I very much hope that you come back on the program at some point in the near future. Tom, thank you. Thank you. That was Tom Langford, Managing Director of The Potting Shed. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Geoff Hurst.
2: Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup Final, so Jeff. First, uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh,
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh,
2: and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it, and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time?
3: <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Although oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me, realise that I did. Uh, Score nothing for Essex. Uh, My only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in in Liverpool, many many years ago, nineteen sixty-two, I think that was. So I didn't. um, didn't... Yes, I didn't really feel it at the time. It was lucky to be playing, (laughs) I guess. Had one or two injuries, Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's, a, there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Geoff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer, but um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership, it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham... Uh, Jeff, and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
3: Absolutely. I mean, he, he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach, or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, they quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played mm-hmm. under him. Uh, and I Which uh, was absolutely, but I can use that now because it, it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we another time then, but we. Um, uh, well, you want me to tell you if you sorry. want? You want, you got time. I can tell I go, you if you want. Jeff, go on, go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was
3: uh, doing a, a, at a dinner in, in the channel Islands, three or 400 people, black tie dinner, guest of honor. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions.
2: Uh, through your um, playing career, perhaps especially um, your time uh, for England. Who was it uh, that struck you more than anyone else on the pitch uh, that displayed qualities of not just leadership, but uh, companionship and, and level-headedness that you think that has stuck with you all these years later?
3: Well, I think we were uh, very fortunate and I wouldn't pick any one player out. I think, looking at There's that, so many. yeah, so many, and that's why we we're successful because we had so many um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding, and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody. And going back to an earlier earlier question for me, the um, all hard-nosed professionals. um, and completely uh, not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's, you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh, things, thinking about improvements. And it's just dedication and uh, uh, attuning your life to being successful.
2: Excellent. Well, Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: You're welcome. Very good to, it's nice to have a talk about this and just go over this, go over the past and just... Uh,